Okay, so today's Nordic future maker is Marcus Jederholt from Vestler Micro Mobility, which is a Swedish startup that aims to change the way we travel around with the Vestler e moped and the Vestler e bike. We're going to talk about Marcus's own career journey. We'll talk about what it's like to work at a startup. And we'll talk about the trends and developments in how people are traveling around cities and beyond. So, Marcus, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Nick. It was actually really funny when I when I saw the list of all the people that you have interviewed. You had uh, an interview with Henrik Jarl. He was actually in my first client meeting, I think 2006 or seven. He was he was my first client I've ever met. It's really interesting. It's a re- good flashback. A really, really, really nice guy. That's cool. So this podcast is reconnecting you to your first client. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. So can you tell us a little bit more about who you are and what you do, please? Well, I'm Marcus, uh, and I'm the CMO of Vesla American Mobility. I've been that for soon two years now. If you look kind of career-wise, as you said, I've been in different agencies for a lot of years, around 13 years. I started up in 2006 at Starcom, working as a digital planner, uh, digital buyer, social media guy, which actually was about buying banners on sites. The biggest site was MSN and Aftonbladet. It was kind of funny. We were in this corner. Everybody's working with print or outdoor TV. We were at this little corner by the fax machine uh, buying <laughs> buying banners. So th- that that's where my kind of journey started. I was there for four years. Uh, a lot of things happened with the digital landscape during that four years. First of all, it was MySpace. And then, it, then uh, Facebook came along. And it changed a lot when that when that came. So after being at at Starcom for four years, Richard, who's the founder of Vesla, actually hired me the first time in 2010 to a small agency called Wisely, uh, where I was supposed to be kind of a creative media director, hub between media and the creative part. Uh, so I worked there for six years together with Richard and a lot of other great people. Our vision was to have fewer clients and have more insights and do all of the work, which we managed with some of the clients. For example, Hyundai in Sweden, we did everything for them. That was really, really interesting and fun. And then after being there for six years, PhD uh, from the Omnicom Group uh, asked me if I wanted to start up their creative agency in, in Sweden. So I thought that could be quite fun doing kind of the same trip again. And I did that for about two years. And then Richard called me again, or I actually, I actually met him at a party during summer. And he said, well, I talked to him about Vesla because I heard he started Vesla. And it's, I was really impressed by his work because uh, he kind of quit his great job and put everything into this. And he said, well, it started to go really well. Would you, would you like to come work for me again? I was like, yeah. So I kind of uh, signed a handkerchief there after like, <laughs> four beers and said yes i will join you uh, and then all of since there it is two years ago and now i'm here at the Vesla. so you had this thing where you were at agencies for a long time in digital and social and content and then you jump over to a startup so you obviously knew richard but i guess he must have really liked the product as well yeah and i also 
uh, of course, it, from my point of view, Richard done a lot of the work. It was, uh, I'm not saying he, he gave me, he done, he done tons of hard work himself for a few years with this company. And I could really see the potential. And I really enjoyed working with him for six years. And I thought, well, this with micromobility, it actually really makes sense. Because uh, even if Stockholm is not as crowded as it is in London or New York or whatever, I, I spend a lot of time in the subway or in the bus that I don't need to spend. It would have been much more easier if I had a good looking scooter or whatever I had with two wheels. And that was also more environmental friendly than going by the car. So I think this this was something good and it was an interesting business case. And of course, uh, after being an agency, you're, you're quite used to working with like five to 35 different clients with different objectives, but just to working with one big objective as we have on Vesla, save loads of people, loads of time. That was, I would say maybe that was my main driver, working with Richard again and having a mission, working with one brand and just pushing that forward. That's, that's super fun. Okay. So what are the actual products you're selling that have the Vesla badge on them? Uh, it's, I mean, our main vehicle for the last uh, three years has been the electric moped, uh, which has been first the Vesla 1 and now the Vesla 2 that we... Uh, it was actually uh, released last January, so it's quite new as well. It's a, it's a it's a moped. It's electric. It takes you between forty to sixty kilometers range with a maximum top speed of forty five miles, forty five kilometers per hour, and it's quite fast, super smooth, and it's totally silent. You can take out the battery and you can charge it in the ordinary socket in your apartment, in your house, or at work, or you can have two batteries and you can go eighty to one hundred twenty kilometers if you want to. That's our main vehicle. And then we have just developed for the last almost two years now, the Vesla, Vesla bike. It's an, it's an interesting word. You, you asked me before, Nick, what is it? Is it a scooter or is it an e-bike? Or uh, we just call it the Vesla bike. It's something you sit on. It's about 25 kilos. It's throttle-based. And it's 20 kilometers per hour maximum speed. 250 watts motor. You can go on 40 kilometers on one charge. And... I think it's super nice to drive, of course, because <laughs> I work at Vesla, of course. Uh, but it's also it's also a vehicle that we saw that people asked for. This the Vesla too. Uh, it's a super great vehicle, but you need to have a driver's license, you need to have an insurance, and you're actually not allowed to drive in the bike lane. So we wanted to develop a product that you can have in the bike lane. You don't need a driver's license, and you don't need insurance. We have developed it in Sweden. We have our, our own professor in electric engineering, and we also have a few engineers. We have actually have our Vesla lab in, in Småland in Sweden. Uh, we have developed the bike for the last yeah, year and a half, almost two years. And uh, we also have designed it in Sweden with an industrial designer called Per, who's helped us design the Vesla 2 as well. And everything is designed and developed in Sweden. Uh, the mounting will be in China, where we have our uh, factory. But otherwise, everything is developed in Sweden. For those who don't speak Swedish, the name Vestler, it's V and then A with two dots, S-S-L-A. So it's Vestler. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's the A. It's, it's an A with two dots. So it's, it's Vestler. It's, it, that, that means, actually, it, it means weasel in Swedish. And weasel is a... Is really good in, in working around in tight areas and really it's really smooth. 
a weasel. So we usually say our, our vehicle is smooth as a weasel. Yeah. Cool. So what's it like to build a brand from effectively nothing? What's it like to create a brand to build it up? Uh, I say initially, um, uh, our work from the beginning that was basically based on PR is that we had a story that was quite convincing. And I think where people actually could identify themselves quite a lot in. So Richard, uh, who founded the company, uh, he's the father of three. He's always worked in agencies. He worked quite a lot in the city. And he always had problem of like, getting home in time for dinner or picking up his kids at daycare because he always got stuck. And I think uh, people could identify with that problem really easy and that you could actually see a person behind the brand. I think that also made us rather trustworthy. And we, I think we also got into good, good timing where people starting to talk more about getting away from fossil fuel, moving more into electrical and for the shorter trips that two wheels are better than four takes less space and is more environmentally friendly. I think that's basically what built our trust initially. If you look into a client base, of course, I think we got around 45% of our clients are based in Stockholm. That's that's no, I mean, for the Vesla too, but I, I would also think so with the Vesla bike as well. But the Vesla bike, we try to build it that you can drive it on gravel roads, you can drive it on the countryside, or you can drive it in the city, depending on where you, where you want to have it. And it's kind of digital as well, isn't it? Because you have an app and you have this whole, you have an ecosystem around it. Exactly, exactly. I mean, if, if, if you have connected vehicles today, if you look to other bigger brands, like some of the world's biggest <laughs> electric vehicles uh, that do four wheelers, etc. I mean, the thing is, if you have it connected, it's always a possibility. I mean, our dream is if you buy a vehicle year 2020, uh, it, maybe it's better year 2021 because we have better updates uh, on the software and that actually makes it run better, run smoother or connect better with the BMS and, and the battery. That, that's our main goal. But also, I mean, of course, so it could be possible to, to in the future, maybe buy upgrades and do stuff like that that could actually make the uh, vehicle better. And of course, I have another business model as well uh, than just selling a vehicle once. So because it's electric and it's based on a battery, there's effectively an operating system. So users can get data and stats and do things like lock it with their phone and stuff like that. But you can also send updates down the wire to the to the vehicle and keep it current and update it. Yeah. The things that people want to have or demand today, I would say, if you look at a lot of our competitors, I mean... That's what people want. So, well, I want. I would like to open it with my phone. I would like to see how much I've driven and where I'm driven. That, that's good. That, that's interesting. But basically, that's a lot of fun facts. That's that's nice to have. And I think the other part is the more the bigger that I talked about before. That's that's the big part. What I think will lift the vehicle into like the next state. You've been doing this through direct to consumer and e-commerce rather than through partnerships and a dealer network. So can you tell us a little bit more about that and the thinking behind your approach? Uh, yeah, we, we have actually. I mean, it's it's interesting as working in digital for so many years, trying to sell a vehicle for 25,000 kroner as the Vesla moped is and 15,000 for, for the Vesla bike online. But it's the good thing without uh, dealers is you can actually set pricing depending on demand and actually do bundle packs and see you can actually follow the trends much easier yourself and it's so much easier to 
own the digital ecosystem. If you work with a reseller, it's, it's quite hard to keep everybody satisfied. Uh, it, it's not easy. And I think that's a really tough task for all, not just people who work with uh, scooters or bikes, uh, also for cars as well. On the other hand, uh, the problem is there's a lot of people who want to touch and feel the product before they buy anything for twenty five or 15000 That's why a reseller might be good. I would say it's easiest to build an e-com case if, if you own the ecosystem yourself. And I think it's much more fun. <laughs> so where's it sold at the moment? Which countries can you get it in and, and what's the plan for all of that? Yeah, uh, Sweden, uh, Germany and Spain uh, is uh, the markets that we're uh, fully working with at the moment. Uh, and I mean, basically, Germany is, Sweden is, as you might know, it's, a lot of thing is based in Stockholm, of course. It's, I mean, obviously, it's easy to building a brand, a Swedish brand in Sweden, and especially in Stockholm, than it is trying to build a Swedish brand in Germany. That's super big. And it's super expensive to build an e-com case in Germany compared to building it in Sweden, of course. And uh, so we're, 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 Sweden, Germany is a bit different. In Germany, we actually work with some resellers uh, for Germans want to touch and feel the product in a different way uh, than they do in Sweden. And also the same in, in Spain, not like we have like hundreds, but we have a few. So people can actually, people who want to see it, touch and feel can actually do that in those countries. That's a uh, slightly odd combination of, of countries. So, so what motivated you to choose, to choose those ones, to choose that combination? Since we started with the Vesla 2, the, the Moped, I think, uh, first of all, we found two really good people. That's the reading directors for, for Spain and for Germany that really has a high competence of working with these kind of products. So they kind of helped putting down the barriers to start with those countries that made it quite easier for us. Uh, but it also made the, the rules of registering a vehicle and making it street legal in those countries are a little bit more easier than in some other countries uh there's a lot of people talking about it hey why don't you go to holland everybody bicycles in holland oh why don't you go to copenhagen there's a lot of bicycles in copenhagen but these are the two markets that uh we thought was most suited and we had the best people to start it up and we can actually see quite a good effect in quite some short time uh, in those two countries so it's not like selling a book online There's, there's a lot more you need to think about with regulations and local laws and customs and things like that yeah i mean it depends yeah it's really complex much more complex i usually say i would like my work to be like selling underwear that would be the most (laughs) easiest way i would like it to be and i would like the people to feel like they're buying underwear it should be really easy but it's a lot of complexity behind it uh, especially when vehicles with as you said rules and regulation it's totally different from country to country uh so i mean and we take as a as a if you want to take your, your brand seriously, you, you need to be responsible for what you sell to what kind of countries. So it depends on, I'm not going to be going into too much details, but depending on how many watts you can have on the motor to drive in the bike lane, and you maybe need to have a mirror on, on, on the steering wheel to be able to be legal in some countries. It's a lot of things you need to adapt the product per country. And when you're working with vehicles, that costs a lot of money. So, But all in all, for an e-com case, it's, for me, I want it to be really smooth. I know what I what I put in. I, I should know what I get back from a uh, marketing perspective. And people are actually, if they buy something online, they would like to have it a few days later. It doesn't matter if you buy underwear if you, or if you buy a scooter or if you buy a, a car almost. It's uh, People are so digital today. So, 
So, um, so a question I ask a lot of people is, um, what are you curious about now? What's really capturing your interest at the moment? Uh, from a personal perspective, of course, since I'm, I, I work with what I work, I'm, I'm really, really interesting to see how people's commuting habits actually changes and what they actually prefer. Because uh, what we see now, now maybe I'm a bit too focused because I'm, I'm into this micro mobility world with all these sharing companies. Is it shared or is it owned? Or uh, should I should I use the shared scooter or shared e-bike or should I own my own? Uh, I'm most curious about what what is the best business model to have. Would people like to have their own own their own uh, vehicle, or are they still comfortable about sharing? And would that actually take away even more cars from the streets? So I was I was thinking it's kind of a a vague answer to your question, but it's it's a topic that's always the most interesting for me <laughs> to see how can and also how we as a brand could be the one to be chosen. So I love jumping onto scooters in Stockholm particularly. So little short journeys, just helping you get around the town. Whereas in London, it was always bus or tube or rare occasions, it might be a taxi. But but now the scooters have kind of opened my eyes to how it could be and made me receptive to potentially making a bigger investment for myself because it's changed my behavior and it's given me a new habit and it's given me a new approach to traveling around the city. So you're trying to get people to buy and own an electric moped or an, or an e-bike. I guess the scooters are growing the category and changing habits and behaviors. So to actually you all kind of help each other. Yeah. And I, and I see, I, I, never, I don't, we ever see ourselves as competitors. Uh, I think we see ourselves on a greater mission, I think we see we learn a lot from each other. We learn a lot from the big, the big ones, as, as you said. I mean, like we got uh, Uber, Kareem, Lime, Bird, whatever, Voy, whoever. Uh, I, I would say we, we learn a lot from each other. It's about how you choose to use the vehicle. Are you a renting person or are you a buying person? I think the perfect combination that we, of course, what we would love to be. I mean, what if you could be the apple of micro mobility? You could have the most slick most beautiful the best product you could have and you could choose to own it or rent it i would say i think that's that's the i think the best of both worlds is you you can choose what you want okay so i guess we also need to kind of ask you how do people get to see see the bike and the moped how do people kind of get to experience vesla micro mobility uh the yeah, you go to www.vasla.com slash se if you're in Sweden or .com wherever you are or .de if you're in Germany or .es if you're in Spain. Uh, or if you're in Stockholm, you can always drop by our office at uh, Södermanagatan in Södermalm by Nytorget. And uh, we actually have a store where you can uh, see the vehicles, test the vehicles and uh, just see how much fun it is. Cool. Okay. So next time I'm in Stockholm, I will stop by and I'm, I'm going to try one and, and see, see how it goes. You're more than welcome. All right. Awesome. Well, I'd love to get you back in, in a year or so to really see how things have changed because, and how things have developed. Because so much is changing in the world and so much is changing in this space. I think it's fascinating. 
at, at the pace of uh, how the development is at the moment, it goes really fast. Uh, so I'm, I'm really interested to see if, if you would have, we'd have this conversation in a year or two years, how, how will it look like? I'm, I'm quite convinced that the commuting uh, will change quite a lot during the next two years, not just in, in Stockholm, but in a lot of the bigger cities as well. Cool. Well, thank you. Thank you for your time. I've really enjoyed talking to you and catching up again. Thanks, Nick. Likewise, I would say. Likewise. And for everyone else, I think Marcus is another great example of a Nordic future maker. Someone who is changing the way the world works and, in this case, changing the way people are travelling around cities and beyond. So I hope you have enjoyed the podcast. I hope you will subscribe to the podcast. And I hope you will listen again in the future.